Hi there, this is Green Diva Meg from The Green Divas, coming to you from GD Ponderosa Studios in beautiful Lafayette, New Jersey. You're listening to WCGO Radio 1590 and 95.9, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. And there's the piano. <laughs> The tree symbolizing friendship between the U.S. and France has reportedly died. President Trump planted the tree alongside his French counterpart last year at the White House. French media now says the small oak tree has died. It was a Thursday afternoon. I had just returned to the office. I was about to enjoy my regular lunch, a bottle of hooch, when in she walked. She had roots that went all the way down. Just my cup of tree. She had a photo of the young oak Macron gave to Trump, which she said had mysteriously died. Was it a metaphor for their relationship? Or was it murder? I quickly read the spinning papers for clues. Trump pulls out of the Paris Accord. Trump threatens tariffs on French wine. Trump says Mona Lisa is a four at best. After analyzing the evidence, I had solved the case. The tree committed suicide. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877 877- 7-11-56-11. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Good planets are in the Right. 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 Right way. Good computers are in demand, too. Let's try this again so I can actually hear myself. Yeah, I can't hear you either. Hello. Oh, there you are. Hi. Testing, one, two. All right. Music down. Music out. Get it out of here. (laughs) Good good computers are in demand. All right. Now, oh, no. (laughs) Blasting my earphones. Hey, welcome. Hello. Uh, How's everything? She seems a little loud. Uh, but uh, other than that, we're we're great. We don't have a computer here. We we don't have any visuals. We're old school retro. If you're trying to watch us, did you post something on Facebook? Ellie did. Yes. Okay, post something on Facebook. We have no Facebook. We have no YouTube. We have no video. We have no computers. Well, we have Facebook. We're just our smiling faces aren't on there this morning. Uh, that's right. And I and, and I managed to do uh, a workaround. You'll like. You'll appreciate this. Uh, if I got the audio, give me the audio for the Pridecom. Oh, there. You got it? Come on, jerk. All right. Seriously? <laughs> that wasn't meant for you. 
<laughs> it just it just came out that way. Uh, what I meant to play was I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Okay, that's hey, we're a- not on Facebook. They can't take that down. That's right. Today's well, the day to play everything. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. Mark Zuckerberg isn't sitting in his couch and sipping his. Uh, his, Whenever uh, he sits. Uh, on, a, on a Sunday morning. What are the Bloody Mary? Yeah, there you go. Hey, welcome to the show. Today we're, we've, we're back with our friends from Bartlett Tree Experts. We even have dingers here. I'm in the studio. Peggy's in the studio. The computers are not in the studio, but we're here. We're doing audio, and, and Ellie's just putting her hands up in the air going, what? <laughs> uh, she's back there, what? Okay, that's okay, Ellie. Uh, you know, uh, all, all I got to say to you, Ellie, is... You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. All right, there you go. But I do, I did a workaround, and I've got my drop-ins here, and I'll be able to have bumps, so, uh, uh, you'll be interested in how I did that. I, I, I just came up with this was idea. Was there chewing and, gum involved and duct tape? Yeah, exactly. Okay, That's how cool. everything's run around here right now. So, uh, we're talking trees. Yay! Um, because it, we're getting into fall... And as you know, every few weeks we bring in our friends from Bartlett Tree Experts, and uh, we we talk about what's going on right now uh, regarding your trees and shrubs, and sometimes even bugs. We've uh, we've had Skeet bring in his uh, uh, critter carnival. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not this time. We've got Evan Shore from Bartlett Tree Experts. As uh, as it turns out, we've met before, Evan and I. Um, um, Back in the day, so uh, he's welcome to be in, the, and he'll be walking in the studio any second. And if you've got a question, you got to do it old. Well, you can do it uh, on Facebook because we're looking at the uh, at we don't we're not streaming there yeah. today, but uh, we can watching. look at your questions. We're still tweeting, but we uh, even better, even better. Eight seven 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 eleven fifty six eleven. This is total old school today. Total old school AM radio and FM radio. Because we're on FM as well. And tune in. And 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 streaming live. And streaming live at MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net, if you uh, need to get it that way. But you can call us, 877-711-5611. Ask your tree care question. Evan Shore is ready to answer it. We're ready to, well, I'm ready to stand here, scratch my head and go, what? (laughs) Um, Because that's, that's what I do. Uh, but it is the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and uh, my thanks to Andrew Marshall, who's been <laughs> been running around like crazy for about for about uh, 24 hours, uh, trying to make all of this happen. And Ellie's here, and Peg's here. We're all here in the studio, so let's have some fun. Stick around, be part of the show. We welcome it. We'll be right back. What happens when you bring together hundreds of people from diverse faiths and walks of life across Illinois and the Midwest with the goal of healing the earth? You get the Green Team Summit, which celebrates the 20th anniversary of Faith in Place. This important gathering happens on Saturday, September 14th at the Field Museum in Chicago. And the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki will be there. We want you to join us to fight for environmental justice. Go to faithinplace.org. Are you looking for a new ride? Ready to leave gas stations in the dust and speed away down the highway? Zero to 60 in under three seconds? Well, here's your chance. The Illinois Solar Energy Association is raffling off a 2019 Tesla Model X, the award-winning all-electric SUV. But you need to get your tickets soon because only 2,500 will be sold. So how do you win? Go to store.illinoisolar.org. That's store.illinoisolar.org. 
buy one raffle ticket for $100 or the four-pack for $300. All raffle proceeds will fully benefit the Illinois Solar Energy Association, a nonprofit working to advance solar energy development throughout the state of Illinois. The winner will be drawn at the ISEA member meeting on December 5th, 2019. Anyone in the continental U.S. is eligible to win, and you don't even need to be present at the drawing to claim your prize. So get your tickets, the rules, and all the other small print details at IllinoisSolar.org today. Everybody sing. Well, it's not just the music on the radio. Uh, It's also the great talk and the great advice you get on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, We don't have Cheap Trick in studio. We have our own version of Cheap Trick. (laughs) (laughs) Our own superstar. (laughs) Uh, Who is uh, Evan Shore. Evan, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for for coming in, schlepping all the way in from uh, the north suburbs. Uh, not that far away, actually. No, right? Not bad. Yeah. Uh, and Evan is an arborist representative with Bartlett Tree Experts. Go to Bartlett.com. Uh, you can go to, uh, uh, you're from the uh, the Northbrook Correct. Uh, office, and you can go to Facebook. And, and Bartlett has a lot of different Facebook uh, uh, presence uh, from their various offices. Northbrook is one of them, and, and Skeet is out in Bolingbrook. Um, Chicago, and, and Chicago has one, and and there's there's four offices in the Chicago area, but you guys are all over the country as well, and all over the world, right? Um, and uh, uh, especially on the East Coast, uh, Pennsylvania. I was just through Pennsylvania, stopped at WRSC. Um, is one of the folks. Uh, in fact, I w- I meant to listen on the way <laughs> in, and we were a little busy, and I forgot about that. Um, but uh, they're listening to the show uh, in uh, State College, PA, and, and Bartlett is out that way. Correct. And uh, in uh, California and other places mm-hmm. in the country. So you guys cover a lot of territory, and you talk about a lot of trees and different kinds of trees. So let's just start right now. And again, I'm going to encourage folks, 877-711-5611, or get on Facebook and uh, ask us some questions. But let's start with you, Evan. Um as we roll into fall, and we haven't quite gotten there yet, it's still late summer and apparently supposed to warm up. Correct. Uh, uh, let's start with that. Does does that pose a problem uh, at this time of year? Are trees trying to shut down yet? Um, and if we get a warm spell, let's say not so much in September, but in October maybe, we get you know 80s and 90s all of a sudden. Does that create a problem for trees, and what do people need to think about? Yeah, it really does. So, oh, oh good. Well, oh, boy. So I, <laughs> it, it just added stresses to trees. So as, yeah. so as the weather as these, as the weather drops, it comes down, goes up, it also will, will go from a lot of rain to drought. Mm-hmm. And so even in October, when you think you don't need to be watering your trees, it's a good time to be watering yeah. your trees because they need that water to sustain to get themselves ready for the winter, mm-hmm. which is also why we do a lot of fertilizing in the fall. So this is when the weather, we do get rain and it gets a little cooler, root activity is big. Mm-hmm. So when we do fertilize, that's, that's getting them either ready for next spring or even any leaves they still have on the trees are able to have the nutrients in in the roots. You, you talked about the, the rain and, and one of the things that I, that I stress constantly on the show, uh, especially once we get past Labor Day, 
is folks, they give up on gardening. Um, and I think it's – so I heard uh, another gardener uh, – in fact, I was on with C.L. Fornari uh, out on in Cape Cod last week, uh, a week ago, Saturday, and she has a wonderful show out there. She's the garden lady. Um, and uh, she said people give up and they get tired. My feeling is that it's not so much that they give up and get tired. It's just that for some reason – they think that once the weather gets a little cooler, the plants don't need the water anymore. Right. But as I said, you know, if you walk outside in 50-degree weather and it's cool and you're wearing a jacket, but you don't have water for two weeks, you're going to be in trouble, right? So it's the same thing with a tree, isn't it? Correct. So as, so as we, like I said, as we go, we can get drought and we can get a lot of rain. Um, mostly, I'd say probably October has been very, very wet in the last few years, actually, Whole, Which is good, then, for trees setting them up for winter. Correct. But if we get these really high temperatures in October, it could really mess up the whole tree. So what happens, then, is the tree is still transpiring. So if it gets really warm uh, in September and October, it's releasing its moisture probably a little faster than it normally would. But but at some point, doesn't that stop because the trees start to stop manufacturing energy? Yeah, and they also and they start dropping their leaves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I meant the Did I say leaves? I don't think I said leaves. But uh, so they start dropping the leaves. So the energy is necessarily going to go into the to the root it's going to go development. Into exactly. That's where it's going. So um, that's why you want to make sure that's well watered. And so you can help that root development in going into the next season. Uh-huh. Um, and... Well, the other thing that I've learned, uh, not the hard way, actually, uh, it, I think it's an important lesson for people because I think they, uh, when when the temperature, air temperature gets cooler, they give up on trees and they say, I can't work on this anymore, uh, including planting trees. But I say, au contraire, mes amis. Um, <laughs> How's that? Au contraire, mes amis. You can still put a lot of trees in uh, as we go into fall because of what we just talked about. The air is cool, but the, the soil is warmer, and so the root development still happens, right? Correct. We do a lot of planting in the fall. Um, what, what, what kind of uh, species can handle uh, planting in the fall? We, we typically do like maples, your deciduous trees, mm-hmm. um, your oaks. They do well in the fall. Some mm-hmm. ornamentals, you want to wait till the spring. So, like, for example, red buds do not do well. I would try to take. Oh, those. and okay. See, really? and why is that? It's just, it's just for me. I think it's because mostly their flower development, but also mm-hmm. I think I'm going to ask you to slide to your left just a little. Right there, there, there we That's go. That's better. Better. Okay. <laughs> Andrew was going. You can see Andrew leaning. He's <laughs> like, get him, get him over to the. You r- were drifting off, Mike. A little no bit. problem. Uh, so t- it's just uh, also buds. from experience. Yeah. You know, just we've ornamentals tend to be, tend to do better if you plant in in the spring. Well, it, it, except that. Not all, but it's not all of them. I mean, like you said, there's a lot of trees. This is actually a good time. I mean, in lawn, lawn care, right now is the best time for you to be putting your lawn in, uh, in, in September and early October, because it gets settled and then um, you're ready for the spring. And the same thing occurs with some trees where you get them going and you get some of the root development. But I'm I'm curious about the red buds, and and I. W- You've probably heard this before. I had my arborist friends, people in the business, uh, have a nickname for Red Bud, and that is Dead Bud. Mm-hmm. Have you heard but that? Yes. And, uh, uh, and why why is it that sometimes they're called – and I'll give you an example. My neighbor two doors down planted a Red Bud last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a month ago, 
he cut it off at the knees because it was dead, completely dead. Um, what happens uh, to red buds that uh, they give up the ghost? Well, there's a couple things. This is the top end of where they are naturally found. Mm-hmm. So if you go to, say, I went to school in Champaign. And they're almost Champaign, Illinois, Champaign. which is in the center of the state of uh, Illinois, more yeah. or less the center. Yeah, there's there are almost weeds there because they are the the temperature and the environment is better for them there. We get a lot more extreme winters, and so yeah. I, they have issues with. So when we have that polar vortex, a lot of people okay. lost the red buds. They think just froze. Um, same with like Japanese maples. If they're not- it was a really bad year for Jap. We talked about this earlier. Who was it with? Was it with Skeet or with? Um- who else did we have from uh, – we had a couple of people on the show, I, uh, but we talked about it, how bad a year it was for um, Japanese maples, boxwoods, and, <laughs> and even burning bushes, which oh, yeah. are indestructible. And actually, there, was, there was damage to burning mm-hmm. bushes because of the polar vortex. And viburnums, too. Viburnums. Okay, let's there. add that to the list. It was it, you know, It was a very crazy winter. We had a lot of water, <laughs> and then we had a lot of ice, and we had a polar vortex – and then we had a lot, and then it got warm, and then it then it snowed in April. So all that all of that compounded stresses, yeah, damage damaged yeah. trees, and a, a lot of and, and fruit trees too. I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, there's people who lost their whole fruit crop. Um, I actually was at the farmers market, and they're looking for cherries mm-hmm. out of Michigan. Yeah, they lost all their all their flowers froze. You mean early this year? Early this yeah. year, yeah. Wow. And I'd seen that at the farmer's market, too, with some of the Michigan peach crops. They mm-hmm. were saying, we're sorry, we don't have peaches, but we have some great ones from another state. Yep. And then they presented from that orchard. It's from New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I was Exactly. Like, we, got, we have peaches from New Jersey, but none from our from, from Michigan. Isn't that something? Because, I mean, it was, was April. I was making a snowman on April like 6th. <laughs> a- with... April Fool's Day. Yes, yeah. definitely. Uh, and it, it has snowed on the 14th, and I believe it snowed on the 28th yeah. of April this year. Uh, but you, the other point you make that's really good for our friends listening in Missouri, and we have some uh, folks, uh, KBN and, and other places in Missouri, they're further south. They're like, you know, where you are at Champaign, so they probably don't have the same redbud issues. But if our folks, uh, friends in um, Rapid City, South Dakota, uh, may have some of those issues, so we're right at that dividing line where mm-hmm. sometimes a redbud will do well and sometimes it won't. I, I've killed redbuds. They just up and died in my backyard here in Chicago. Uh, so um, it, this is a really important point about purchasing trees, too, is, is uh, wherever you are in the country, buying a tree, the best thing you can do when you're buying the tree is ask, where was that grown? Exactly. So this is what I was talking to someone yesterday who just... Japanese maples aren't native, mm-hmm. and a lot of them. What, what, what's the giveaway <laughs> yeah. on, on that? Shocked! I'm yeah. shocked. And and so they're used to they evolved in zones that we might be on the same latitude or long, you know, latitudes, mm-hmm. but they're not from Illinois. So a lot of them are, I think, grown Tennessee and some in, our, in Oregon, and then shipped over. We do not have the same climate. Well, that okay, that's interesting. So we don't have the same climate. Yeah, and so you end up. You put it, your tree from there into here, and they just they don't deal with what we did. And you know they're, they're beautiful trees. It's just they need to be very they need to be protected on three sides. Mm-hmm. They're not good as a species in the front yard. They need to be in the backyard, and in because the front yard is generally exposed. Exposed exactly to, to winds and to to the snows and really good point. So when you put them in the back, you know around by fences and they tend a to sheltered do, area exactly. They tend to do better. 
And yeah. so that's what you got to think. So it could be, you know, right tree. I always say right tree, right place. Because sometimes you get there and you're like, well, I, I, it's beautiful now, but it's not going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And oh. so, and so, and that's why, you know, planting, you try, when you said ask where they came from. So, you know, there's, there's like. Well, and, and, and the, here's the problem with that. And I'm always talking about this on the show. Uh, and, and you may disagree with me and that's fine. Let's have an ar- knockdown drag out <laughs> argument about it. Okay. All right. Um, I'm always telling folks. Go to your local independent garden center because mm-hmm. they're going to have a better idea where that came from. You go to the big box store and you get yourself a tree. Maybe it did come from um, Alabama and sure. they're selling it in Chicago. Uh, do, do they know that? Probably not. They probably uh, or even if they did, the person who's working there that day probably can't find that information. Uh, so you don't know where the tree was grown generally is what i would say um am am i am i speaking out of school here no i'm not gonna have a fight with you about that (laughs) um what i darn (laughs) what i would say though is it's you know if you do the expectation if you do find something there that you like yeah it may be at a discounted rate or discount you know it's okay to try to nurse that tree along but there's the expectation that it may not make it and so, you know, it's going to take a little extra because it's also in a pot and been root bound. And so you got to make sure you got to look at the root system and try to. Pull. Yeah, because you're generally not getting bald and burlap trees at that's that's a really good point, too. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I don't remember seeing bald and burlap trees at big box stores. No, because it's it's expensive to ship those. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's they're much more weight. So a pot is usually easier to ship and it can yeah. fits nicer on a truck. Right. So when you bring those, if you do get those, you, you got to take it out of the pot, try to pull those root system apart because they're probably wrapped around the mm-hmm. tree, which is which as it grows, it develops those girdling roots, yeah. mm-hmm. which is which is then, you know, it's it's it, I always look at sustainability. So is that tree going to be able to make it? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you, if you keep it in that root bound, you know, if you keep it root bound as you put it in the ground, it's it's not going to make it. So if you are if you did get a great buy. At the big box store, and you really like the tree, and you say, "Okay, I'm just going to take a chance." Mm-hmm. Like you say, take it out of the container. But then, what do you mean specifically about untangle the roots? What, so, what should people be doing as far as preparing the roots? So when you take it out of the pot, you will see almost like just a wrapped around root mm-hmm. mass. So either you can take your hand pruners and kind of scour and try to try to open up those roots a little bit, or even just pull it out. Mm-hmm. Just try to pull, try to get those roots so they're so they're not just going to continually wrap around that tree. And try to move them out. It's okay to kind of beat up the root system a little bit before you put it <laughs> yeah. in the ground. And if it's wrapping, you would actually cut those roots. Right. Well, we saw that. Exactly. And you've been yeah. you've been to North Carolina, mm-hmm. right? Everybody works for Bartlett ends up going to North Carolina to the research laboratories down there. Peggy and I got invited this year. Uh, it was so cool. And one of the demonstrations we saw was about girdling roots. Right. And uh, you you you've got your finger. Have you got something there? Yeah, I, I brought a whole. I that's been. That's been one of my things the last month. There's just they're everywhere. So and, what is a girdled root? So essentially, a girdle a girdle root is a root tree root that wraps itself around the trunk of a tree, mm-hmm. and it acts. So instead of growing out, it's growing in a circle around the tree, and sometimes it it wraps around other roots, and sometimes it just wraps around itself. It's just it's not going out as you would hope a tree root would. Exactly, and what happens is it ends up putting pressure on the trunk mm-hmm. to the point where it will start growing to the trunk and the trunk will grow together and no water, well, not no water, but limited water and limited nutrients are going to be able to go from the root system up to the top of the tree. So if you catch it when it's young, you know, say under four to five inches in diameter, if you catch that, we can actually remove those roots. 
And, and and believe it or not, yeah, that's a, there's a science to this. And Peggy and I saw that in North Carolina, where they would take a tree, like you said, if it's if it's small enough, and they showed us. They said this one had the roots uh, removed, and we trim, we prune these these roots, the ones that were girdling. We just got rid of them, and we allowed the roots to go back out. And this one, we didn't do anything. You can tell the one that they did the work on is is much healthier and much larger at this point. Yeah, and and we use. It's called an air spade, and so it's a, it's a tool that blows the air away, blows the soil well, away. Was it, well, what we saw, air spade was one thing, but it was actually taking the roots and, and pr- root pruning. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. And before do, it went in the ground. Pr- pruning yeah. at the wraps, yeah. Right. Before it went in the ground. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I, before you put it in the ground, you got this, these tr- uh, yep. roots wrapped around. They, and, they, you can and, just cu- and they cut them, and, and you'll see this tree may look a little stressed, but in the end... That tree is going to live longer than, than its counterpart. Yeah. All right. That's Evan Shore, arborist representative from Bartlett Tree Experts. Go to Bartlett.com. We are talking trees as we do from time to time on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Your calls and comments and questions are welcome. 877-711-5611. Go to Facebook. Go to Twitter. Go to Instagram. We're in all those places, just not on video. We'll be right back. City Grange, Chicago's newest and most unique garden center, wants to remove all barriers to your gardening success. How? By providing organic heirloom plants for your kitchen garden, pollinator-friendly natives and annuals, container planting to go. They deliver the plants, you put them in. Who does that? Classes for adults and kids, special events, and more. They even have complimentary valet parking on weekends. 5500 Northwestern Avenue at Catalpa. CityGrange.com. Learn. Shop. Blossom. Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito Dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. If you love to landscape with trees and you haven't been to Rich's Fox Willow Pines in Woodstock, you've missed out on their collection of unique conifers and rare deciduous trees. Unfortunately, after 31 years in business, they're closing their doors at the end of 2019. So now is the time to take advantage of 40% off for container trees and 30% off in-ground trees. There's still a good supply of pines, spruces, firs, hemlocks, junipers, yews, and the deciduous larches, bald cypresses, and dawn redwoods. Many of the cultivars are dwarf in form or have unusual shapes, such as weeping, mounding, columnar, or angular. Like I said, these are not your grandfather's conifers. If you've been to the Shedd Aquarium, the Lincoln Park Conservatory, or the Chicago Botanic Garden, you've seen some of these fantastic trees. Go to Rich's Fox Willow Pines for more information. Follow them on Facebook and sign up for the e-newsletter. I need my lizard suit on, my lounge lizard suit. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We are very pleased to have Evan Shore in the studio, and <laughs> and uh, we're talking trees, and your questions are always welcome, so get them to us. But uh, during the break, Evan uh, 
top of top of his head was coming off because he started talking about tree mulch. Yeah. Uh, so why why are you all exercised about tree mulch? Because for some reason, over the last few years, volcano mulching has become the standard or what you see now. Um, which... It can't be. We've been teaching <laughs> anti-volcano mulching in the horticultural schools for decades. Why is it worse? I don't know. <laughs> that's I think that's part a sixty thousand dollar question. Isn't yeah, it? I think part of it is actual the practices of cultural practices and what you, and, and what you think it should look like, mm-hmm. and also you know what ha- what happens is sometimes you know when when land, it, I don't want to blame anyone, but the way when soil gets moved around, it gets piled up around the base of trees. Um, also, and I think that's just kind of what people believe it should look like. But it's really detrimental to your tree. All right, let's explain. Uh, I, I can't believe that we have to explain this one more freaking time. Please excuse my French, folks. Um, but we do. And I, I just, uh, I, I don't get it. But here's what Evan is talking about. And people will, and I saw this. This happened two years ago. No, last year. Last year. Last year, I'm driving by Humboldt Park, which is a huge mm-hmm. park in Chicago, and I look out, and I saw that all the trees have been freshly mulched, and I thought, yay, good for them. I'm so glad that they're mulching the trees, and then I stopped at a light and looked a little closer and went, oh, no, no, you, no. Okay, so I pulled the car over. I pulled to a side street and walked back to the park, and I would say 80% of the trees had been volcano mulched. Yeah. And what I found out was that there had been this group of teenagers that had come, that's, it's, it's this international group, and they go into big cities and they do good works. Right. So the good work they were going to do was they're going to come to Humboldt Park and they were going to mulch all these trees. And I don't know if they did it to other parks in the city as well. Um, and it's actually associated with Hugh O'Brien. I forget what the exactly the name of the group is. It's uh, Hugh, Hugo or something or Hugh something, Hugh O'Brien thing. And apparently whoever was teaching them taught them wrong. So they went in and volcano mulched all these trees, hundreds of trees in Humboldt Park. And all I could think of is, we have to have another group activity to undo right. <laughs> do the damage that they just did. And I pulled away a foot sometimes. Uh, it, the mulch would be a foot deep around the bark. Yeah. So why is that a problem, Evan? Well, it can. there's a whole bunch of issues. Uh, you know, we we <laughs> yeah. talked about girdling roots. Girdling roots can develop. Yeah. Because um, roots will it, – it, it's mulch is essentially, as it breaks down, will turn into a natural fertilizer, which is why mulching is so important. It holds moisture, and it, it. I think that's one of the chief things. It holds moisture. Holds moisture because uh, uh, if you have moisture held around the bark of the tree, what's going to happen to the bark? It's it was, gonna, so, and it, rot. It, right, and that that those cells in that tree are not meant to be. They're, they're bark cells. They're not root cells. So the tree is not used to having being wet, and you will actually have rot. Mm-hmm. And there's some really extreme cases where the trees just fall over because they've rotted out at the base. From actually volcano mulching, but also roots will start to develop out of the trunk and start girdling the tree. But it's mostly the rot is the issue, and and insects, I would think, insects too, and and, and critters, voles, 
You yeah. know, now they have a hiding place to get in there and, and gnaw at the tree if they want. Right. I mean, there's, there's so many things wrong with volcano mulching, and yet you see it, as you said, it's become an epidemic. And I don't, I, I'm, I'm tearing my hair out trying to figure out how to tell people how to mulch their trees. And it doesn't seem, you can see the words bouncing off of their foreheads when you tell them. So, so the way I've, I've explained to people is if you look at a tree, how a tree evolved. You know, look at a forest. There's no mulch on the trunk. Right. I mean, they're they're in leaf litter, and and that's how a tree evolved. And, so, and it's spread out. And and it, the what I understand, and you guys use this, and other people do, is not a volcano, but a donut or, or a crater. Mm-hmm. I say like a crater. Fine, sure. Yeah, like if you want to think volcano, the opposite of volcano is a crater. <laughs> so do the opposite of volcano and make a crater. Meaning, put the mulch out. Don't ever let it touch the trunk of the tree. You see, there's this thing called a flare. Right. Right. And if you see a tree sticking out of mulch like a telephone pole, you know that the mulch is too deep. So I always tell people, have a kid draw a tree. They, <laughs> they never draw a tree telephone pole. They always draw a tree with it with the the flare. And and, and except for me, when I when I was in, you just uh, turn the volume down. Uh, okay. Uh, when I was in third grade, I drew my trees like telephone poles I'm not, I'm not a very good artist okay? <laughs> right, but, but but just no little triangles at the bottom of a volcano mulch right, right. yeah that's not how kids draw a tree and so i i that's how you always start Try, find that root flare because the kids will draw the, the canopy and then mm-hmm. they have the trunk and then they'll flare it out yeah. right and every kid knows how a tree should be planted and if you've covered that flare with mulch you've done it wrong right uh and so i like the donut thing because that means that in the center of the donut, there's no mulch, but there is mulch away from the center of the donut, and that goes around the base of the tree, um, far well away from the flare. Just just don't pile it up on the flare. Mm-hmm. Right. You can do anything else you want there and put put your mulch down. Just don't pile it up and and on don't the tree. pile the soil up. Correct. That's also next some, to the flare. That's either, also some I of the see issue. that a lot. Yeah, it's also some issue when yeah you know, when people are weeding. Or they're getting their weeds out, or just right around mm-hmm. the tree, and they're, and they're trying to do edging. They'll just pile, you know, rake it right up to the edge of the tree, and then you have to come back and pull it all away. Yeah. So, or, or I've seen landscapers cut like a circle around the tree, mm-hmm. edge it, leave all bare soil, and then they pile it up. Yeah, and that's and and so I think that's I mean I think it's cultural. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's also like perception. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very well. It, yeah, you're right. People use their. They're 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 going by their instinct and not by science, right? And this is always gets you in trouble. It's you know it's like drawing a sharpie around the tree and uh, say, <laughs> "Don't go there," <laughs> and saying this is where you put the mulch. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, okay. The whole mulch, <laughs> uh, it, it takes us. Thank you. It, so it takes us to watering as well, mm-hmm. okay, because one of the reasons you put mulch around the base of your tree, there are several reasons. One is to conserve water. That's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. The second is nutrients because, as you said earlier, Evan, when when the mulch breaks down, it, it creates soil. It's basically composting itself, right. all right? Uh, but the third thing that I really appreciate, it, it prevents lawnmower and string trimmer blight. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's, yeah. Which is? It's which is when they're doing weeding. With the weed whackers, especially on young trees, they'll get nicked by the weed whacker at the base. And I, my, before the house I live in now has the bottom of my trees are all cut up. Oh, dear. And it's all wounded up. Oh. And so it's really, it's, it's disappointing because now, you know, I have mulch rings around my trees yeah. and everything. But before when I got there, their grass was right up to there. So when people are weeding and weed whacking, they would hit the base of the tree. 
So is there something you can do about that if you accidentally hit the tree? You just leave, you, I just let it, let it be and let it heal. I mean, the, the trees are young enough that – especially young trees will heal. Mm-hmm. It just – if it's repeated – you know, it's every week, every other yeah. week when pe- – Right, and you've seen trees like that where half of the bark uh, around the base of the tree is gone. Mm-hmm. And that tree is a goner at, at some point because, uh, you know, it's uh, – uh, Jim Schuster from um, Illinois Extension used to say – uh, that, that tree is dead and doesn't even know it yet. Exactly. It, it's, it's, you know, it's a vector for infection and, and, and other insects. And, you know, you've, you've taken away this, the tree's bark. You know, it's, it's protective layer. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's, that's... So please, folks, don't... When you plant your trees, don't put your lawn right. You think it looks great, okay? And you think, don't worry, I'm not going to nick the tree. Don't worry. Uh, and they even just bumping it with the lawnmower... You got to understand, and you, okay, tell, explain to me, cambium, a layer, xylem, and phloem, okay? Uh, where are they located, Evan? They are right on the outside of the tree. So so it's funny because- Right right behind the bark. Right, right? behind the bark. And yeah. So when you hit it with, you know, when you hit that and take that away, you've essentially taken away the tree's straws of taking up water and nutrients from the roots to the top of the tree. And right. you keep doing that, you're essentially- same thing as if you would have cut it with a chainsaw and girdled yeah. it. It's, so even yeah. if, if you didn't nick it like with a string trimmer and you, see, you remove the bark, even if you bump it, you're smushing those three layers that are right behind the bark. The nutrients go up, the nutrients go down, and this is where cell division happens also. This is how your tree gets bigger. So if you're bumping that all the yeah, time. You're bruising it constantly. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're killing your tree. Yeah. You're, just, you're just taking away its ability to survive mm-hmm. really and, and send nutrients up and down what could possibly go wrong exactly so right. uh so i i, I d- distracted myself because i wanted to make sure that people know all the reasons why they should not uh ha- why they should have mulch around the tree but not right up against the tree you know and maybe that's the problem that it's just too confusing to folks uh to say don't put it up against the tree but do put it around the tree i don't know that doesn't sound confusing to me nor you, and you're shaking your head. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it, it's 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 actually more work <laughs> to actually break everything up to the base instead of just keeping it spread and even. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I think it's just. Okay, we do have a question, too, speaking of mulch. All sure. right. Sure. Um, what is the best wood mulch, or are all wood mulches the same? No. So, not what not all wood mulches are the same. Um, I also, I like the the more the hard the 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 actual hardship wood hard hard shredded yeah, hardwood yeah the, the hardwood the, sh- the problem with the shredded stuff that's more like the cypress mm-hmm. it can actually form almost like a mat and okay. if you ever watched it 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 will actually bead water so in. you want hardwood chips water hardwood chips rather yeah. than the shredded and, the, and, and by the way and the shredded uh, stuff floats away too exactly that's part uh, of the, but it can actually wow. interweave and form this mat where it's like nothing's re- it, it's almost like a protective layer mm-hmm. again and yeah. no water's getting through it yeah and you were saying. No, no, no. Go ahead. I want and so, to finish. So, so that's why I like the as, – and as that hardwood decomposes, it turns um, – as that hardwood decomposes, it turns into fertilizer. Uh-huh. Uh, but so, but what about bark chips? That's fine. Those are, so, so you're saying basically any wood – and I would say except for cypress mulch. Right, right. Because of uh, – All right. Because, because of the environmental issues. So wood, environmental wood issues. chips you might get from the city. 
are fine. Yeah, you you'll see it, and you can get sometimes you'll have them just like the city dumps them, mm-hmm. and you can they allow you to go pick up chips for free. Right, a lot of municipalities you just call them and say, hey, do you have free wood chips? And they their arborists uh, stockpile them, and they'll do. Del- if they don't deliver them for free, they'll let you pick them up often. And not every city has this, but a lot do. So that's a, that's a good And it's place. recycling. E- exactly. When we get back, I want to tell you the problem with cypress mulch. You know, and you, you mentioned it because mm-hmm. it's an environmental issue. And I haven't had to talk about cypress mulch in a long time. Yay. So here we go. <laughs> it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Soil and plant health don't stop at harvest. Now is the critical time to set up for next season. And the products to use are from Tinyo Biologicals. Whether you're working 500 square feet in your backyard or a 1,000-acre farm, the soil needs are the same. Feed those plants with spectrum and Nutri-Need to get your soil ready for spring. The soil can make compost from field debris, so use Biodigester as well. Tinyo products from Blazing Star. Go to blazing-star.com. This is Mike Novak. If you're a sustainable business and you're not part of the McHenry County College Green Living Expo, my question is, what? It's McHenry County's largest annual green living event, but it's one of the best green events in the area. These folks get it. The energy is palpable. They're ready to change the world now with your help as a vendor or sponsor. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. This is Mark Dvorak, and you're getting environmentalism, gardening, green living, local food information, and sometimes even humor, sometimes musical humor, on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki every Sunday morning from 9 to 11 a.m. on WCGO Radio 1590 and 95.9. It's a new year, and Chicagoans are still looking for new and better ways to get healthier. This is Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakenings, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach our area's growing wellness and sustainability market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 engaged monthly readers. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. This is Steve Levin, the Dice Man from Roll the Dice, Sunday nights at 8 o'clock. On Smart Talk, WCGO, AM 1590 and 95.9 FM. Yeah, yay! Okay, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. I just felt like we needed a Bugs Bunny interlude there uh, ah. in honor of all our technical issues today. So welcome back to the show. We're talking to Evan Shore from Bartlett Tree Experts. Go to Bartlett.com. Uh, let's let's do a quick hit on that. If folks call Bartlett uh, and they've got a tree issue, you guys will send somebody out just to, to take a look and they don't. I mean, I, I don't want to say they'll come out and do it for free, but generally you guys will come and take a look, won't yeah. you? And also, you know, you can go to our website. Um, if you type in your zip code, it'll show you which mm-hmm. office, and then they'll get in touch with you that way if you want to go through the internet or if, or if you want to call. Um, you know, it, I, it's very hard for us to diagnose over the phone. 
Uh, yeah. You know, we're still one of those people that has to come to your house. Yeah. So uh, it's better to have me come look in because there's going to be multiple factors. And people ask me all the time on the phone, you know, what's going on? I say, I need to see it. And so we're still the kind of guys that have to come. You know, we're still arborists have to come and to your house. And it's not because they're trying to scam you. It's because they're trying to do it scientifically. You have to have the observation. And sometimes you have to have tree samples, don't you? Yeah. Tree samples and soil samples. So yeah, right. what's nice about having Bartlett is we have our own lab. So, you know, we do soil samples and, and actual foliar mm-hmm. samples, send them down to our lab. We'll even do root samples. It's in our lab. They culture. They let us know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then we can tailor, you know, what's... And this is another thing that's really hard to get. So if you're getting mulch around your tree is hard to get across to people, I think it's even harder to get across that a tree is a huge investment, especially a mature tree in your yard. And when you start... You know, stand it under it and go, oh, I don't know. I guess I can figure out what's wrong with it. And that's the first step towards disaster. You really need somebody who knows what they're doing. And just having an arborist representative from Bartlett come out and take a look. And if you're listening in an area that doesn't have Bartlett, call another tree company. Get an arborist out to see your tree if you're not sure what's going on because it's going to save you a lot of heartache and possibly a lot of money. Yeah, and it's, I mean, ISA is um, International Society of Arboriculture. Uh, they have, a, it's isa-arbors.com, is, and they'll have certified arborists in your area. Mm-hmm. So you can, and they'll all listed who's certified. Um, and that's because we go through, you know, it, you go through tests, you go through uh, work experience to become certified, and they will come out and take a look at your tree and tell you, you know, to their best, in their opinion, what's going on. And I will say one final thing: Microsoft still doesn't recognize arborist as a real word. Yes, every you've noticed that too. <laughs> I, it's weird, and I always think I'm spelling it wrong. I and, do too. And and like, I was doing the blog, and I go, "You got to be kidding me! Come on, Microsoft <laughs> arborist, you really don't understand that that's a real uh, arboriculture." I think also they they give you a squiggly line. Yeah, so come I, on, I, folks. I'm always worried. I'm like, am I spelling my? <laughs> Spelling went wrong. And yeah, I'm not well, a good speller yeah. to be. You won't with. even get into texting the word. <laughs> All I gotta say in Microsoft is, "Come on, jerk." Seriously? <laughs> All right, seriously? Come on. All right. A uh, uh, couple of things we want to get to before we wrap this up with Evan Shore. Uh, one was cypress mulch, which we we talked about. Right. Uh, cypress mulch is the mulch you find at gas stations. For some reason, I don't know why it goes always goes to gas stations, uh, and you sometimes in the big box stores. Yeah. Uh, but it comes up by the truck load uh, from the south. Uh, part of the problem with uh, cypress mulch is that it's not sustainable. Uh, I did a study on this, uh, year, I want to say a decade ago, uh, and it's, I didn't realize it was still a problem until I saw a bunch of cypress mm-hmm. piled up uh, in a gas station recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, traditionally, the reason you use cypress mulch was because it was the heartwood of huge cypress trees, and it wouldn't break down very fast, and that's why people loved it. Here's the problem. We cut down all those trees 100 years ago, all right? So that means that there are very few mature cypress trees left, which means that the trees you're getting are from young trees, and sometimes they're just grown enough so that they can cut them down and chip them into mulch. mulch. Right. So you've heard this before, too. So I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not speaking out of turn here. Uh, Cypress is a very important species in our swamps in the south. Cypress forests have been uh, places where the water was purified, where the water was held back. You want to know one of the reasons we flood so much down in Louisiana is because we cut down our cypress swamps. It was also windbreak. Uh, windbreaks from, from, from the ocean and yeah. the, the Gulf. Right. 
Um, so that, I mean, that was the other environmental issue that was going yeah, on, too. Yeah, and, and also probably just stabilizing all the soil stabilizing down there. Stabilizing soil, yeah. it's, it's, it's bad yeah. practice. You know, we cut down all the trees, and then we run a channel straight through for a 300 miles or whatever and say, what could possibly go wrong? Except that it's going to overflow. And then the pl- what used to happen is the water would flow out in in the heavy rain times. It would flow out into the cypress swamps. It was nutrient rich. Mm-hmm. It would feed the cypress. They would grow bigger and be more beneficial. But we we right. don't we don't like that. We want to channel all this, and there's tons of nutrients in the Mississippi as it goes out to the Gulf of Mexico and in, in rivers all over the planet. Uh, but in, in our case, we're talking about Cyprus, and someday I'll get back into that. But let's talk about yeah. one more <laughs> one more thing that you wanted to address, and that's uh, crab apples. Yes. So crab apples, I've been having a rough go this year, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, they have you know, they get their usual apple scab, which is a is a fungus that attacks their leaves and Usually by July, August, if you're not spraying, they will they will lose their leaves. Um, and and you so if you have one of these crab apples, you'll see lesions. They're almost like orangish brown lesions on the leaves, yeah. and then they, they drop. Um, it's not going to kill your tree, but it is an added stress, and they look dead. By will it eventually kill the tree? Exactly. So it's okay. an added stress that if as a tree gets older, you keep adding stresses onto a living organism, it could in the end mm-hmm. invite other. It, it, invite other organisms, invite other diseases, or it could actually kill it. So it's it's aesthetically unpleasing and it's it's also could be it's detrimental to the tree. And part of the problem is then if you want to take care of it, you gotta treat it every year. Right. I'm not a fan of spraying trees every year. And this is where I'm gonna I'm at odds with Scott Jameson. Okay, because the last time when Skeet was here and I said, there's, there's, a, there's a cure for apple scab, one cut, bzz, you know, and uh, buy a, a, a resistant tree. And there's plenty of them out there now, crabs. Correct. I, I've got a prairie fire in my backyard. never gets a lick of trouble. Now that I've said that, it's, uh, yeah. it's got to be diseased when yeah. I get home today. So it's disease resistant? Resistant. Resistant. Not, not proof. <laughs> right. Not proof. Not, so, right. Yeah. Exactly. And, but and scab he, resistant, hopefully. Yeah, scab resistant. But what about um, but other, the other diseases? Uh, so the other disease we've been having is you'll see right now is it's Botrysphera canker, um, and it's a it's a disease that hit a lot of trees uh, where you see just a brown dead like one or two brown dead mm-hmm. branches, and we believe it's from the the cold cold winter and the polar vortex that hit, and, and it's caused it was caused um, infection vectors for the fungus to get in, yeah. that, and and you'll see just dead branches that those should be. Uh, trimmed out, and those should be done in the in the dormant season. So in the winter, um, just because you don't want to you don't want to spread that disease to other to other trees, and that's why it's important. You know, we cl- you should be cleaning your tools from job site to side site. So Lysol spray mm-hmm. really works really well. Um, uh, uh, isopropyl alcohol, perfect. Some people I've read. Okay, some people say uh, a ten percent bleach solution. I've heard people say the bleach won't get to it. That actually rubbing alcohol is better than bleach. It's it depends who you who who you listen to on this, but use something to try to get the pathogen off of your pruner. So especially if you know you have a plant like a sh- usually in your backyard, it's going to be a shrub. Correct. Um, for the homeowner, uh, for for an arborist, it's it, it's probably a tree. But if you know you've got a pathogen, clean your pruners every time you make a cut. Just wipe it off with that, mm-hmm. and then go to the next. I mean, cut. we the Lysol the Clorox or the Lysol wipes. You know, yeah. even oh, those are those that's are. That's real easy, though. Yeah, it's really easy. Just wipe it down, especially if you go from. You know, I go from house to house, or you know, if you're going from somebody else's yard, you want to. Ellie Lysol wipes to clean your. She's looking at me like, okay, sure. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> we got a minute here. Um, so real quick, uh, before we go, this is the time of year to start thinking about, oh, boy, we're out of time. But in 30 seconds, thinking about going into the fall and dormant season with your trees. So you, now is the, this is when we also do a lot of fertilizing. So it's getting ready for the dormant, making sure you're still watering. Yes. Um, and also having arborists come out and take a look for, for if you want to see if there's any dead branches or anything out there before you start trimming. We do a lot of trimming in the winter. And, 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 and now you set it up. Get your appointment made. Evan Shore from Bartlett Tree Experts. Thank you so much. Go to Bartlett.com. In any case, get an arborist to look at your trees. Captain's Log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work, and so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. Aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root, and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. Welcome back All to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And, yeah, we're the only show that dares talk about trees, huh? What do you think of that? We're the only show that's, that's going to talk about the environment and, and, and what are you putting in your soil. And, and why. And why. Huh? What about that? Huh? Huh, huh, huh. And all I got to say for that is... Shut up, Wesley. All right. And we throw punches as well. Actually, Captain Picard throws punches. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. All right. There. And if you're out there in the internet wilderness, as it were, uh, and you're looking for us on Facebook, well, you can follow along. But unfortunately, we are not live on Facebook this morning. But we are on Facebook, so you can send our, your questions. Do we get to blame Mark Zuckerberg? Of course. All right. Good. And blame Bill. And uh... This is a classic blame Bill. Don't be a jerk. Okay, that's that's for you, Bill. Uh, w- uh, welcome back to the show. Well, I wanted to say something because we were talking about this as uh, 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 Evan Shore was going out the door. He is your tree care representative. Yes, he is. And you told the story about having your maple tree cable. Mm-hmm. What's that? I have a maple tree out front that's the classic, um, the, the two large branches going side to right. side. Yep. And it was cabled probably about 12 years ago. And... The tree's grown a lot in that amount of time, um, and there's a lot of weight up in the canopy. So, yeah, you think? <laughs> Evan came out uh, among some other things they did to my trees this before the spring was they put a much higher cable in at a different angle. And this past week, when we had the massive winds on Monday, there were two maples on the block that split, and mine is doing lovely. I wouldn't know because I wasn't here on Monday. Monday, but. Uh... 
Uh, so we, we had huge winds come really? through on Monday. It was wow. very strange. It, I'll be darned. Uh, but see, this is preventive care for your tree. Peggy's tree did not split. Other trees on the block did. And you didn't have to go cleaning up all that stuff. Nope. So cabling can be a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing. Just and, and get they, an arborist representative yeah. out there to look at And if you've got a lot of trees. dead branches, if you noticed a lot of them falling in some of the wind you know, this winter, have them out. You, you need to. Yep. I didn't see your comment online uh, at Bartlett.com. I saw another one. You got to go right. Well, Evan was great. He cabled my tree, and then the winds came. <laughs> well, through. Evan didn't. His his team did. Well, okay. No, you just say Evan did. Evan was wonderful. All right. Um, we've. Uh, by the way, yeah. Um, last week, as you know, I was broadcasting from the wilds of Hartford, Connecticut, which was really cool. So I got. I went out east. I got to do all kinds of stuff. Like I was on CL Fornare's uh, radio show. Uh, on Cape Cod, and I realized, and I found out, you you do not say in Cape Cod, you say on, on Cape, Cod. Cape Cod, on the Cape, unless you want to be a real rube. Uh, we went to the ocean, uh, and and I looked out across to see if I could see Brexit from America. I could not see Brexit from America. <laughs> couldn't see Russia either. I couldn't. No, yeah, I no, I did see Russia. I could see Russia, but I couldn't see Brexit. Okay. Uh, and uh, then on the way back, stopped at Green Diva Megs. New digs, Green Diva Meg from the Green Divas. She was on the intro for the show today. Yes, uh, I recorded that in her studio. Oh, my God. She's got this amazing new broadcast. It's not even the broadcast. It's a recording studio. She bought this property in upstate New Jersey in the woods next to a farm. There's a farm next door with horses and she's got this studio called Ponderosa Studios. I don't know why. they Probably because of the horses mm-hmm. next door. Uh and reputable bands come in, like Fish came in and recorded an album there. Cool. Uh, in fact, the piano that Fish <laughs> used is still there. We got the that was a piano you heard when I played it on the intro. Um, and so now she's got this beautiful studio, and she's going to do more Green Diva stuff from there. So I need to go back and record my first album. Very cool with her. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my first album, but or, or it's the Frozen Robins because Frozen Robins season is coming up. Our first album is called Everybody Cries When We Sing, which is true. They do. All right, uh, we should. But men- they could be booked now. Uh, just, just mentioning. It's, just it's, saying. I'm saying go to fro- FrozenRobins.com. Now's the time to get your <laughs> holiday. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to just a shameless plug. I don't care anymore. It's like I just need to make money. Um, we have uh, Evanston Streets Alive. Streets Alive and Green Living Festival today. It's not raining. It's a little misty, but it's perfect. From by one o'clock, it, <laughs> it should be clear. Yes, that's is is that is that yes, what Rick Tobias was saying? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. Okay. But uh, Evanston Streets Alive, Green Living Festival, Rick Nelson was on last week. Um, it is today from 1 to 5 p.m. on Main Street in Evanston, from Florence to Chicago Avenue. Uh, great festival, great way to come out, get out of your car, get off your bike, walk. There's vendors, there's educational opportunities, there's games, and there's food. It's, so be there. It's great. And, and we're and sponsors. We're sponsors. We're proud to be sponsors of it. Uh, and uh, come on out. Today, uh, also want to let you know that uh, for the rest of the show today, we're, we're going to be talking Green Team Summit, which is put on by Faith in Place. Somebody's sending me a uh, text. Oh, Andrew, should Andrew, I just, stop texting us, I please. Just hold this up here. Okay. <laughs> um, 
And uh, just talk to me, Andrew. <laughs> he sent a text to everybody. Green Team Summit uh, is next Saturday, and we're going to be talking about that in a second. But I also want to let folks know at the bottom of the hour, uh, we're going to be talking to Rich and Susie Ayer from Rich's Foxwell Pines in Woodstock. As you know, uh, we've been advertising it on the show. They're going out of business this year at the end of October. Now's the time. We're going to talk about their stock, what they got available. They have fantastic trees we'll talk about getting them in the ground what what advice they mm-hmm. have since seems to be a show about trees today so uh uh rich and Susie will be with us uh around ten thirty four today and of course rick DeMaio. oh man he was so accurate i was putting a podcast together this week after the storm uh-huh. hit uh the bahamas and he nailed it he just said there's going to be devastation and uh we'll talk to him later it's the mike novak show with peggy malecki we'll be right back When it comes to caring for your trees, you want the best science and the best arborists. You get exactly that with Bartlett Tree Experts. For three generations, training and education have been central to the work of this family-owned company. And Bartlett is the leader in safety. Whether it's your home or your business, Bartlett Tree Experts uses the most effective and environmentally sensitive methods. Call for a free estimate. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. What happens when you bring together hundreds of people from diverse faiths and walks of life across Illinois and the Midwest with the goal of healing the earth? You get the Green Team Summit, which celebrates the 20th anniversary of Faith in Place. This important gathering happens on Saturday, September 14th at the Field Museum in Chicago. And the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki will be there. We want you to join us to fight for environmental justice. Go to faithinplace.org. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com and on the Gab Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up for posts in our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for their logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. And nothing says Sunday morning like Fats Waller, uh, <laughs> and that's uh, why we play him on the show. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. As we mentioned uh, just a couple of minutes ago, uh, next Saturday is a big day uh, at the Field Museum in Chicago, 1400 South Lakeshore Drive. But if you live in Chicago and you don't know where the Field Museum is, you, you've got more problems than I, <laughs> I can solve for you. Uh, it is the Green Team Summit put on by Faith in Place. Uh, and uh, we are going to be there. Peggy and I are going to be talking to folks there and be part of it. There's, We're there's happy to be sponsoring this speakers year. and workshops and all kinds of stuff going on. So let's talk about that with Pastor Reverend Scott. Now, Scott, I'm going to ask you how to pronounce your last name. Are you with us? I am. That's Anquay, Pastor Scott Anquay. 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 All right. There we go. I, I, we would have been close. We weren't sure, but I wanted to make sure that I got that right. Pastor Reverend Scott Anquay. Now, do you prefer that I call you Pastor or Rev or Scott or Mr. Anquay? Uh, 
Conquay is fine. <laughs> well, uh, I, 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 I don't. I, I don't think I'm going to call you by your last name. I might call you Scott. I think he uh, said Pastor. He's well, you're, you're breaking up a little. Yeah, Pastor Anquay. Okay. Uh, and uh, Pastor Anquay is the policy director for Faith in Place. You've served as pastor of the St. Luke Missionary Baptist Church on the south side. It's a 100-year-old historic church, um, and uh, I'm surprised that uh, you're not in a service this morning right now, Pastor. I'm in a break between services, actually. We're closing up our Sunday school and for our 11 o'clock service. Well, thank you for taking the time to be with us. Um, and uh, thank you for being part of Faith in Place, because this is a, a, a group that, that takes people of all denominations and all, all beliefs and persuasions and says, you know what, the planet is really an important place, we need to take better care of it, and that's not a message that always comes out of churches, is it, Reverend? No, we forget our stewardship responsibility, but with faith in place, and we teach people of all faith how important it is to be great stewards of the earth. Uh, as a as a uh, Baptist pastor, I encourage my congregation to look at Genesis two fifteen, where it tells us to be uh, tillers and keepers of the earth, and, and those two words really mean to make things better. So we should never uh, take what God has given us. And destroy it. We should look at areas and avenues that we can make it better. Well, I don't want to put you on the spot. I mean, but but aside from that, you know, telling your congregation uh, here here it says in the Bible where where we need to be good stewards of the planet. What else uh, is your congregation doing in that regard? Uh, well, of course, we look at uh, recycling, reusing, repurposing. Um, we're getting uh, more organized and looking at composting, um, making sure we're not wasteful, uh, and just considering uh, uh, looking at the garden, the uh, plants around the uh, church, making it more beautiful. Uh, just little things, you know. Sometimes it seems a little marginal, but uh, I think uh, <laughs> what we encourage every house of faith to do is to do what you can. Um, to make an impact, whether it's small or large, uh, all of us can make a difference through our efforts. Uh, Pastor Anquay, you say it's marginal, but I, I take a different view of it. Uh, I imagine if every single church on this planet, not just the United States, but every single church said, let's do a little something, we would change the world. We would make it a better place, wouldn't we? Exactly. Yeah, and again, if, if everyone participated, uh, it would be a, a much better earth, much better place. Uh, we recognize uh, that all of our efforts could definitely make an impact um, to reversing what we know is climate change and reversing uh, what we know is damaging uh, the place that God has given us to live. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about Faith in Place since you work with them. This is the twentieth anniversary of Faith in Place, so let's let's give them a ding there. Uh, congratulations to Faith in Place. I've known them for a number of mm-hmm. years. Uh, Peggy and I support them uh, in every, every way we can here. We're always running announcements about the, the work they're doing. Uh, the winter farmers the markets. The winter farmers markets are, are some of the things they do. Um, and Faith in Place has worked with more than 1,000 
houses of worship throughout Illinois to protect uh, land, air, and water. So tell, tell me a little bit about the work of Faith in Place and why it's so important, uh, Pastor. Uh, well, I, I came on as policy director in December of 2018. Uh, before that, I was on the Action Fund board and uh, was a partner, one of the faith partners with Faith in Place. Mm-hmm. And what drew me to Faith in Place uh, is exactly what we just discussed. They have great programming, that they offer um, throughout the entire state, uh, youth programs, uh, uh, land and food sustainability programs, uh, advocacy programs, uh, just to name a few. And uh, this is a great time uh, for Faith in Place as we celebrate 20 years rooted and growing, uh, as we get ready for our uh, Green Team Summit at the Field Museum on Saturday the 14th. We're actually, we will be presenting uh, many of the areas that we work in. We're going to have a, a youth workshop. Uh, I'll be doing two workshops myself, uh, one on environmental racism and another on uh, faithful advocacy. We're also going to have a workshop on how we can worship outdoors and really respect and honor what God has given us through nature. Um, but Faith in Place has definitely been a champion um, with leading the efforts of educating people of faith throughout the entire state uh, on how important it is to preserve what uh, uh, God has given us. And again, you, if you took notice, and, and, and Peggy took notice, but um, we're hoping that more take notice of the great work that Faith in Place is currently doing and plan to do in the future. Uh, we're talking to uh, Pastor Scott Anquay. Ank- um, who is a policy director for Faith in Place. Uh, I'm noting that this is not, <laughs> and it's a good, and I say, this in a, I say this in a good way, it's not small potatoes because, first of all, you're doing this Green Team Summit, and it's the fourth annual uh, at the Field Museum, um, and you're not charging anybody to get in. If you want to get a lunch, it's five bucks. Uh, so, obviously, your goal is... This is not an elite uh, presentation uh, or conference. This is let's get everybody in in one place and and figure out how to fix the damage we're doing to our planet. Exactly. We're going to be there the entire day, uh, starting at 10 a.m. through uh, 5 o'clock with, again, different workshops. And Mm -hmm. it is free. And you get a chance to tour the museum while you're there. Um, participate in different workshops. You can choose the workshops you would like to attend. We have a preliminary session where um, the founder, uh, Dr. Claire uh, Butterfield, will be our keynote speaker. Um, so this was just a, just a great day of great activity surrounded by educating um, everyone. Everyone's welcome. Yeah, and you don't so, have to be in a certain community to, to come in. You uh, Somebody could just no, register don't. and come. Just anyone can register and come and uh, and just enjoy the day and enjoy the venue, a great venue. Uh, I think you mentioned this is the fourth year that we've, we're doing the Green Team Summit. Last year, uh, we had over uh, 600 participants. This year, um, we're hoping for even more. Wow. And so we encourage you to go online um, to faithinplace.org and register for the Green Team Summit. And I promise you, you will leave better. You will be enriched. 
and encouraged, and you will start thinking of things you can do in your own neighborhood, in your own community, on how you can make a difference, how you can partner with an organization like Faith in Place um, to start a green team or to start a community garden or to mm-hmm. talk about uh, water preservation or how do you do advocacy, how do you um, do farmer's markets. Uh, it's just so many things that you can really see yourself doing after attending something like a green team summit. Uh, and I, I agree with you there. One of the things that happens is you get 600 people or even several hundred people in a room with the same focus. Uh, you're really energized, and you walk away from there knowing that you can make a change in the world or feeling that you can mm-hmm. make a change in the world. Uh, and so I applaud you. And I, I, I have to applaud the Field Museum also for stepping up and saying, yeah, you can use our facilities and and obviously, you guys, I don't know what the arrangement is, but if you're able to let people in for free, it must be a really good arrangement. Uh, so my, uh, my kudos to them as well, because we need these kinds of events where like-minded people come together and say, it's not impossible. It feels impossible. It feels like we're rolling the boulder up the mountain uh, and it rolls back every time yeah. we turn around. But it's not. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you have more than 600 people there. It, it, <laughs> you know what the energy yeah. is like, uh, right, Pastor? Yes, exactly. And, you know, we really do appreciate corporate partners like the Field Museum um, that's uh, um, pretty much lending us that space uh, for that day, uh, uh, giving us a uh, uh, reign of the house so that we can uh, do our workshops and uh, make sure that all of our uh, AV uh, um materials there so that the uh, workshops are not only uh, productive but are, are seen with the great with great presentation so uh, it's partners like that and uh, many of our other sponsors that allow us to do the great work and again we anticipate more than uh, the 600 and so we really encourage you to get it online today register yeah. so that we know that you're definitely coming one of the things as I was looking through a lot of the different workshops, you've got things like zero waste, um, solar for your houses of worship. But one of the ones I was very interested in is the one called Sprouting Environmental Action Through Youth Empowerment, which is a combination of the Faith in Place Eco Ambassador Youth Group and the Field Museum Green Ambassador Program. Can you talk a little bit more about the youth involvement in both um, the Green Summit and then Faith in Place? Well, you know, one of our program areas is uh, youth, and in that programming, we uh, actually uh, train and encourage youth to participate in learning more about the environment. Uh, every summer, we have a program called Echo Ambassadors, where we recruit um, teenagers, high school students to come and uh, get paid to learn about the environment, uh, participate in a project um, that's going to... Uh, enhance the earth. They get to learn um, through, um, matter of fact, I was a presenter this year on advocacy. I was a presenter this year on uh, uh, how to uh, start a green team. So again, uh, our youth programming is one of our pillars Mm -hmm. um, that we're definitely interested in promoting. And so if they come and bring youth, uh, their youth will be able to participate in that uh, uh, youth programming this year, they actually made a song, which was nice, mm-hmm. um, that they were able to share with us during their uh, 
uh, closing uh, ceremony. And so, and all of the youth, uh, you'll be surprised how many intelligent and, uh, uh, youth that care about the environment that just want an opportunity um, to find a place that they can express themselves uh, and learn more. Uh, and I also notice, uh, and you've got a ton of workshops, just uh, so folks know, uh, if they show up there, they're going to find something that they're interested in. And one of the ones, that I, there's a couple here that I think are really fascinating. Uh, one is called Displaced Roots, Climate Migration and Resilience, and it's about how climate change intensifies droughts, flooding, storms, and it causes people to move. Uh, what does that mean in terms of shortages in food, water, and resources, and, you know, people being displaced and ending up in other places? How do you deal with that? And then you also have uh, environmental racism in Illinois, how people of faith can address inequalities. As we know, a lot of the worst environmental areas are the ones where the poorest people live. Uh, and that just doesn't seem to change. So we need to address that as well. So, uh, uh, you, you know, as Peggy said, there's there, there's also, you know, solar and uh, and recycling and pretty much uh, everything you can imagine. Uh, so uh, I, th- I think you're going to get a, a lot of folks out there, uh, Scott. I think so. I think I think when you look at the list of workshops, there's something in there for everybody to find and enjoy. And so I, I just think um, people will find something that they can do. They can participate in two workshops and a, uh, a preliminary session if they stay the entire day. So mm-hmm. they should be able to uh, find something that they like. And and let's not forget that sometimes the most important part of a conference like this is the networking, where you meet the folks, you exchange information, and then things happen because right. you were in the same room at the same time. I, I, I know conferences now that they will just set aside an hour for people just to mingle because it's so important. Uh, and you'll get a lot of that, too, won't you? Oh, most definitely. There, you know, there's so many other organizations that we partner with. Um, that are inviting uh, their members to come and be a part of this uh, Green Team Summit. And again, as you learn that other people are interested in doing the work and how they're successful in doing the work, you definitely want to share uh, um, your business card with them and let them know uh, that, uh, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. Well, you know, the business card is old school, uh, Rev. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right. Listen, everything is electronic. <laughs> You find out what they're doing. You share your your uh, uh, your uh, uh, information, you know, by way of uh, what they just drop it into their, their Dropbox or something, and yeah. they have your information, and or they go to your website. Or uh, yeah, you're right. It is old school. Business <laughs> All right. School. Listen, I want to thank you for being on, Pastor Reverend Scott Onquay, uh, the Field Museum next Saturday. Uh, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Go online, go to my website, and you can register. We'll talk to you later. Over 8,000 chemicals are used to turn raw material into clothes, many of which are toxic to the environment, local water, and the workers who handle them. In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Consumer demand for cheap, fast fashion has created clothing that is produced in third-world sweatshops by employees working in unsafe conditions for less than a fair wage. Here are some tips for having a more eco-friendly and conscious wardrobe. 
buy organic cotton. Producing just one T-shirt made from traditionally grown cotton takes a whopping one-third pound of toxic pesticides. Reduce, reuse, and recycle. Rock the vintage green divas and dudes. Consignment is cool. Go vegan for accessories. Many designers are creating animal-friendly bags, belts, and shoes. I'm Green Diva Meg. Listen to over 500 Green Divas podcasts and learn lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. Soil and plant health don't stop at harvest. Now is the critical time to set up for next season. And the products to use are from Tinyo Biologicals. Whether you're working 500 square feet in your backyard or a 1,000-acre farm, the soil needs are the same. Feed those plants with spectrum and Nutri-Need to get your soil ready for spring. Go to blazing-star.com. The soil can make compost from field debris, so use Biodigester as well. Tinyo products from Blazing Star. Go to blazing-star.com. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. And I just had to play this song because this is by my friends Judy Handler and Mark Levesque, uh, who have their house in <laughs> Vernon, Connecticut, right next to Hartford, which is where I was broadcasting from last Sunday, sitting in their backyard. And we just, <laughs> I, I set up the banner and it flopped over. The wind blew it over. I went, oh, okay, just leave it. But then you could see the trees. And you could see the trees. And, the, and they have a beautiful yard. Um, not a whole lot planted there. So I'm going to come back someday and just fill it full of natives for Sounds them. like another remote broadcast. Uh, it does. Uh, we're heading into fall, but City Grange, Chicago's newest and most unique garden center, knows that there's still plenty of gardening to be done. In fact, their organic fall veggies arrived just a couple of days ago. And to make room for them, there's a big sale going on through the end of today, Sunday. Head over to 5500 Northwestern Avenue at Catalpa right now. You can do it. Listen to the show as you're driving over there. As always, there's valet parking on weekends. More at citygrange.com. City Grange. Learn. Shop. Blossom. And speaking of sales, we have two friends of the show who have, I've been talking to, boy, for a long time, long time, long time on the radio. I want to say like about 20 <laughs> years. Uh, Rich and Susie Air, are you guys with us? We are. Here we are. Here Good morning. We were the old WGN uh, sticking me out in the middle of the universe out there, Mike. <laughs> you did a great job, Mike. And you, you and Peggy. Have 40 plus years in radio with Wally Phillips. He goes back as the engineer. I, I, 40 plus? Yeah, I, I was Wally's engineer in 1928. I don't know if you realize <laughs> that. Yeah. You're holding up remarkably well. <laughs> and no one educates and promotes gardening like you and Peggy. Uh, we applaud you. And our whole thing is networking and uh, 
that's how we educate each other and fire us up about new topics. And you do a great job, and we've appreciated our association and you're, with you. And you're actually saving lives. You don't realize it, but you've, you're able to help affect, improve the nutritional value of families in our area. Well, thank and you. And that's every. We try. We so. try. We try to do that. Uh, and that, of course, is uh, that's mom and dad on the line there. Uh, <laughs> this is like this is the phone yeah. call you make uh, on Sunday, and then you get mom and dad talking to you on the phone. Are you guys in are in the same room or in different rooms? Same room. Oh, okay. You got. <laughs> it's got to be different rooms so that you get that weird effect where the other doesn't know what the other's doing. But uh, a rich. And Susie Eyre are the proprietors of Rich's Fox Willow Pines in Woodstock, Illinois. Now, if you've never been to Rich's Fox Willow Pines, you got about a month and a half to do that. And you need to go right now because after 31 years, you guys have said, okay, that's enough. We're going to go to New Mexico now and, and hang out for a while. Uh, but meanwhile, you still have uh, probably the best selection of rare and dwarf conifers in the midwest you also have deciduous trees you've got such an interesting supply and uh, hostas too and well and hostas uh, you're not you didn't do a, a hosta happening this fall you used to do that uh, but you know you're trying to wind down here and i understand it so what what can folks expect to see what's what what's going on right now uh at the nursery well the there's um on the two places we have two places one is six acres and one is 30 acres. The six acres is in the terminal moraine, and the native plant category is mixed oak, hickory, woodland. We, we still have lots of nice container plants. Um, we've got beautiful fastigiates or columnar European beaches, both the green and the red varieties, beautiful ginkgo trees. We've been digging... Uh, specimens out of our fields and have them bald and burlap, ready to go, beautiful dwarf white pines, mm -hmm. dwarf Norways, concolor firs, and, of course, the people with shady gardens, especially Chicago folks, they need hemlock. So we've got a beautiful hemlock selection. Uh, the container plants are 40% off. The bald and burlap are 30% off. But there's beautiful specimens um, and still great, great deals. Bring photos in a plat of survey and we'll... Give you an instantaneous design that you can do greatly by so someone Su who did one-tenth of what my wife knows. Well, so, Susie, also, why, why do we need hemlocks in the Chicago area? Well, if you have three hours or less of sun, direct sun, in the summer in your yard, uh, you get to plant boxwoods, yews, or hemlocks. They can take three hours or less of sunlight. Hmm. But so see, but, but 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 Susie, the Susie, the problem yes. is every everybody's buying the boxwood and the yews, and very few people buy the hemlocks. Which, right. uh, if you want something different, and and part of the problem with conifers is that most of them really want that sun, full sun. You can get away with oh, it right. with the, with a hemlock. Correct. Oh, and they're just beautiful. We just sold the most beautiful. It was about a six foot tall weeping hemlock to an opera singer at the Lyric Opera. <laughs> Wow. Uh, came and picked it up yesterday, so it was well, just lovely. We've had a, quite the education doing our business over the years. We, more than anything, want to thank everyone who helped us. We can't go on a list of delineating all the people who made our world a little easier and better. 
but of course, the people that purchase our employees, our long-term employees. Exactly right. And yeah, businesses know better than their staff, and we've had phenomenal staff over the years. Yeah, we did not do this alone. That's for sure. <laughs> and Mike, you helped with our charitable capers with the Hosta happenings. You came as our guest, and you signed your asparagus book and etc. Uh, but we. Rich's mom was in charge of dividing hostas and then selling them for Heifer International and then later Mono a Mono International. So that is just fantastic, and uh, uh, you cannot even imagine the lives that were affected with food, uh, with the Heifer passing on the gift, and with Mono a Mono building schools, hospitals, roads, and reservoirs. Yeah, so I, I we're am, proud of all I'm that. Personally, too. so grateful. Um, that a guy like me who never studied horticulture can become a self-announced blowhard. <laughs> Not that much different than yourself, Michael. Uh, uh, Uh-oh. Uh, uh, a variety of times. You know, on a variety of things that I thank God that I, I was loved as a child. Those of us that have had decent familial experiences, uh, we have, have had great blessings. Yeah. And then well, it didn't, and my, my family were organic truck farmers, so I was raised in a very... Susie did truck farming, too, as a child. Right. So one more thing. We did take the big Buddha head. Do you remember that out of our Asian garden? Uh, uh, we That yeah. big uh, three-foot Buddha head, we took that out to New Mexico in a whole new landscape, and we got that in. So uh, we're going to have fun gardening again. You know, that's different than being mm-hmm. in business. We're gar- going to be gardeners again. And wow, I think that's, that's yeah. true. That's uh, a new chapter. Isn't that something to be, you know, and, and, and that happens, I guess, after years and years of doing it for profit mm-hmm. or for the business to stay alive and pay, sure. and pay the rent. Now you get to do it for fun. How? What? A- I know it. I'm just, I can't wait to wake up and say, what kind of fun am I going to have today? And, one, and, one, uh, just one brief word about our charitable capers. Mano a mano. Yeah, I was going to say, you'll still be giving back at yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah. we're go- we're never going to stop our our personal challenge that we take. We're not making a promise, but we're going to try and build a hundred hospitals in Bolivia the rest of our life. We're on the fourth one, or we might even have done the fourth one, but we include money that we scrounge from other characters, and I always <laughs> call it a caper and. We're not keeping a scorebook. What the phenomenal thing about Mono a Mono is, 93% of the money raised goes to program, only 7% to overhead. Mono a Mono International is based out of Minneapolis, St. Paul. The gal, the founder, and her husband, who is a Quechua Indian, founded this organization and have built 160 hospitals in Bolivia without one failure. And they built a school and, and named it Margaret Air. Right. Uh, for Margaret. Wow, wa- how nice. Yeah. Rich is wonderful mom, and, and I, you know, went out there for Hosta Happenings, and I would... Uh, I still have some great photos uh, uh, with Margaret, and she was just a fantastic, fantastic human being, and she would divide the hostas herself for as long as she could, wouldn't she? Uh, you know, the people just wrote the check right to the charity, and, you know, if, if they had $80, she said, oh, go get another couple hostas. $100 looks better on your taxes. Go <laughs> <laughs> um, on, toss another... a couple more in there. Toss a couple more. Uh, and... Keep watering plants uh, up until it freezes, new plants. It's exceptionally dry. There's big cracks in the Earth Mother right now. Mm-hmm. 
I encourage everyone to read the book Black Elk Speaks, which was a seminal book of my childhood and youth. Right. Try and understand Native people. God bless you. Uh, let, let me let me ask you another quick question while we're on horticulture there for a second and trees and people are buying conifers from you. Uh, how late can they get them in the ground fall? I would imagine that if they get them in the ground now, they'll they'll get somewhat established uh, for the winter. Is that going to be uh, okay for them? And you know what the whole idea is to get some root development going before it gets cold or before it gets hot. So that's why. Uh, September, October are good. You know, if you can get them in by the 15th of October or mid-October, it all is weather dependent. And how can we say what is normal anymore? Yeah, Um, right. You know, the last falls, we have not gone into fall well. Last year was very wet. And that for two years, the ginkgo leaves did not turn yellow. They froze green and dropped. Mm. So things... You know, our weather's definitely changing. Um, you know, last winter was a killer where, uh, you know, a lot of Japanese maples and viburnums, right. burning bushes. We talked about that earlier today, yeah. So just got killed. So, and, you know, in November we had that freezing rain on the branches and then it snowed. And two frosts in April, it was and too warm when it's not supposed to be. That's really weird. So, so what I'm going to say is, and you and and you uh, you mentioned it, uh, Susie, is that get your tree now. Now's the time. Go out while the weather's nice. Go shop around either place at Rich's Fox Willow Pine. You point to a tree. If it's in the ground, you guys will dig it up for them, right? If it's in a container, you'll give it to them. You'll sell it to them. Get it in the ground right away and start tending to it, and it ha- will have a really good chance of success, right? Oh, yeah, the sooner the better. And, uh, you know. Uh, are you there? Susie? Uh oh. We just lost him. Thanks, guys. Oh, there we are. There's Rich here. Thanks, you guys. Go to my website, MikeNovak.net, or go to Rich's Foxwillowpines.com and, and head on up as soon as you get a chance. Uh, you've got till the end of October. Rick DeMaio with weather coming up next. This is Mike Novak. If you're a sustainable business and you're not part of the McHenry County College Green Living Expo, my question is, what? It's McHenry County's largest annual green living event, but it's one of the best green events in the area. These folks get it. The energy is palpable. They're ready to change the world now with your help as a vendor or sponsor. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito Dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. If you love to landscape with trees and you haven't been to Rich's Fox Willow Pines in Woodstock, 
You've missed out on their collection of unique conifers and rare deciduous trees. Unfortunately, after 31 years in business, they're closing their doors at the end of 2019. So now is the time to take advantage of 40% off for container trees and 30% off in-ground trees. There's a good supply of pines, spruces, firs, hemlocks, junipers, yews, and the deciduous larches, bald cypresses, and dawn redwoods. Many of the cultivars are dwarf in form or have unusual shapes, such as weeping, mounding, or angular. These are not your grandfather's conifers. Stop by, select, and tag your trees now for fall digging. By the way, the sale of all their garden art goes to Mano Omano International Partners to build schools and clinics in Bolivia. Go to richesfoxwillowpines.com for more information. Follow them on Facebook and sign up for the e-newsletter. That's richesfoxwillowpines.com. Because uh, Rich and Susie told us they had sold a conifer to a uh, an opera singer. I don't think it was Enrico Caruso, but uh, that just, would be that would be quite the feat. Yeah, the were. because this was recorded in 1916. So there you go. It's before you were in radio. Um, no, no, I had just broken into radio okay. uh, in 1916. Yeah. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, uh, and uh, we've got uh, meteorologist Rick DeMaio on the phone. Rick, I got to tell you something. I was putting together the podcast. This uh, week, uh, last week's show, uh, and um, I knowing that it was going to go out to stations, some stations around the country, because a number of stations who listen to us get it on uh, a one-week delay, and I do an hour version of our show. And you came on early to talk about how the the hurricane winds had had just gotten to 175 miles per hour uh, and were hitting the Bahamas. And I was going to take it out because I said, "Oh, this is dated," but then you just went on about how uh, the the devastation that was about to occur and uh, you were absolutely convinced and you were absolutely right about it. And so I just left it in because what I wanted folks to understand is that our weather people get this right mm-hmm. um, from, from <laughs> very often, believe it or not. And you nailed it. And I wanted folks to, to know that even if they – and they know that they were listening to this uh, a week later, so they're going to be talking about Dorian. Uh, so that's why I left it in there. And then you sent um, a PowerPoint to Peggy and me last night, yesterday afternoon actually, uh, and I was, I was studying that. And the thing that really caught my attention was uh, you, you mentioned a, a New York Times article that had the track, the visual, the video track of the storm. And I watched it, and what you can watch is first it ramps up, which is just unbelievable when the eye forms, and then it just parks itself over the Bahamas, uh, and then it goes off uh, along our coast. But watching it spin in the Bahamas was terrifying, even after the fact, because you knew what was happening there. So thank you for sending that information along to us. Yeah, and then on top of that, the hurricane basically made a right turn and went straight north. And what's interesting also, Mike, is we have two other storms within the last 48 hours that did the exact same thing. Typhoon Lingling, which actually went right up the Yellow Sea, uh, impacted the west side of South Korea, went across North Korea, and believe it or not, fell apart northern sections of the extreme eastern edge of China, 
and also southeastern Russia. Vladivostok had a temperature of 76 and a dew point of 72. Wow. Unbelievable. And then in addition to that, we now have Typhoon Fa-She, which is pronounced F-A-X, without pronounced, mm-hmm. but spelled F-A-X-A-I. This is a Cat 3 that's going to impact Tokyo. And when you look at the path of all these tropical weather systems, they're all moving due north due to the fact that the jet stream is incredibly far north as well. Now, have we seen things like this in the past? Yeah, but you know what? I got a feeling that these further northward moving, kind of looping jet streams is going to become kind of part of the norm due to the fact that the later you go into the summer season, the less ice you have in the Arctic and the further north these jet streams can go and the further north these catastrophic storms can go as well, moving slowly. Wow. So we have a new norm and... and Part yeah, of and a new norm. Yeah. And, and also the one of the things I've heard recently is that uh the the storms themselves are experiencing a new norm. We know now have had what how many cat fives in the last five years is or last four years? Five in the last four years, is that right? Yeah, five five in the last four years, thirteen since two thousand three, and we have a list of cat fives that go all the way back to eighteen fifty and they number 35. Mm-hmm. And when someone says, yeah, but that's before the satellite era, true. But you know what we also had as good observation points during the pre-satellite era were ships at sea. And ships at sea also had barometers on mm-hmm. them, which back then were pretty good. Now, granted, could we have missed one or two Cat 5s? Without a doubt, any scientist will tell you that it is a possibility that we missed that, but not to the degree that we're seeing right now. And, and in addition to, to go on. I was going to say, when you're talking Cat 5, you're talking Atlantic and Pacific basins, or combined? No, 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 Peg, that, that, that list itself is just for just the Atlantic, Atlantic and the Caribbean. Okay. Yeah, just the Atlantic and the Caribbean, yeah. And, and it would be remiss of me not to talk about this ridiculous stuff, um, you know, stuff that, that Trump tweeted out. You have to remember that the National Weather Service, those are dedicated employees, and you know what their number one job is? to protect life and property. You almost have to think of them as part of our national security and our national defense. Mm -hmm. And what did our pinhead president do? Altered a forecast from the National Weather Service. It's unbelievable. It's strictly unimaginable that this was allowed to happen. And on top of that, it's still being defended by the sounds of crickets from Republican lawmakers. That to me is the most disgusting thing of all, Mike Pick. Uh I'm I I'm with you there, and if that's not a high crime or misdemeanor, I don't know what is because it's against the law. Yeah. It's against the law right? to give, uh, give a direct a directly uh, inaccurate forecast. Yeah, yeah. Now, granted, I give him credit because he was responding to an earlier forecast that showed that parts of Alabama could be impacted five days out by the edge of tropical storm force wind. No one denies that. But once we got into Sunday, all bets were off that that storm was going to move that far west. He even asked the National Hurricane Director yeah. that. And the guy said, no, it's not going to move that far west, sir. It's going to move now far north. And yet he still continued to talk about it. Old data. Which was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah old data. You're right, Take It's old data. So... This, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say about this, but trust me, 
he has now a lot more enemies in the scientific community than he had before. Uh, yeah, and part part of the problem right now is uh, uh, the statement came out of Noah, but it's not attributed to anybody. So we, uh, you, you have an idea of where that came from, and then and I saw. Well, real, you know, Real, real quickly, James Fan, who is literally skilling of the South and a center in Birmingham, yeah. he came out in defense of the National Weather Service Birmingham. There's a lot of Republicans who love James Fan, and I guarantee you, James Fan is a lot more popular than Trump down in Alabama land. So there Trump's you... got himself some problems. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's just one of many. All right, let's uh, let's get to uh, what's happening up here. Uh, I understand we're going to warm up a little bit uh, coming up in the oh, next. Oh God, couple. warm up a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. considering what we have right now, um, kind of crappy out there with rain temperatures in the. <laughs> That's the scientific uh, view there. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I'll retweet a response to that. Uh, but overall, yeah, Mike, real quickly, uh, NPEG rather is that. Uh, mid to upper 80s by the time we get to Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. A nice warming trend. Uh, when you say warming trend, how warm are we talking about here? Uh, mid to upper 80s. So temperatures about 8 to 10 degrees above normal. Wow. And by the way, just look at the new GFS, yes. and it shows that we have a possibility of a new tornado 10 days out across the southeast. You mean hurricane? Hurricane. Hurricane? A new hurricane. Sorry about that. Yeah, hurricane. <laughs> so we got another one on possibly coming by. Okay. Rick, thank you for your scatological report. We appreciate it. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. I oh, got it. See you guys. All right. Don't be a jerk. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Is that talking to me? Thanks for everybody on the show today. Evan Shore, uh, Pastor Reverend Scott Anquay, uh, Rich and Susie Air, Rick DeMaio. Until next time, go green or go home. Uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.